0: you all, so this goes to you, and to the team, for all the hard work we put in, day in and day out, <laughs> we about to get it in, baby,
1: let's get it.
0: Well, Stanton, I, uh, I tried to outdo you with my ambiance here. Um, I'll probably forget to put this up on our YouTube channel uh, just to, to make it fair, because once again, you've outclassed me with the the purple-ass background, and my Peasley W Neon light just doesn't do, the, do it justice. I don't know. I mean, Neon is pretty cool, so i think i think
1: it's i think you're working with you know a decent it's a decent showing from you today
0: the last time you were in the room that i was in i believe that there was still a waterbed in here so if there was neon plus waterbed um i'm like a lava lamp and some lube away from running a whole porn studio oh my (laughs) is that where you thought i was going (laughs) no straight out of the 80s huh (laughs) <laughs> Let me tell you, I am looking at the notes I have in front of me, and that will be um, about the sixth raunchiest thing that gets said in this podcast Perfect. here. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I want to apologize to uh, our, our you know dozen or so listeners for the delay. It has been a while since, since you and I have seen each other. Uh, my life was completely consumed by dogs, no A-W in that. I was working... Uh, I would like to say nine to five, but more like uh, two to 10 every single day working on uh, my brother's auction, left behind canine rescue last Saturday, huge success. That's all good. Life is much more normal. Now we will resume normal activities uh, just like everything else in the world. Totally normal functioning from here on (laughs) out. Right. Yes, exactly. Uh, Well, so apologize for that. To to kick this off. Last time we talked, we we did two important things that I think are, are worth picking up right where we left off. First of all, we did warn you all about Jaden Green, right? We said that this guy has a cannon uh, of a long snapping ability, and it just turned out that it's not just the world that wasn't ready for it. It was also Race Porter was not ready uh, for <laughs> for his first snap against Oregon State. That was, that was so cataclysmic for, for what we had just talked about uh, for a snap that went about 10 yards over Race Porter's head to immediately begin the Jaden Green era to think we spent so much time talking about a long snapper. And then
1: that happened on his first snap of his career, first snap of first long snap of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it was just an absolute
0: disaster. Like the remaining of that, the remaining part of that of that play. His, uh, his ears were burning. He he got too much hype knowing that there was a, a very, very, very small podcast uh, spending an inordinate amount of time talking about him and it got <laughs> to his head. The other thing we spent an inordinate amount of time talking about was of course, uh, the Nick Holtz cutout that we were, uh, focused on lasered in on getting into Husky stadium. You might've thought these guys were so busy. Brandon was probably didn't get to that. Probably one of those things they talk about that never end up doing. You're almost right. We, uh, did get it done though. There is a Nick Holt cutout in Husky stadium and the Huskies are undefeated. At Husky Stadium with a Nick Holt cutout in in the stadium. And and that's that's thanks to us. Going for three tomorrow. Do we know where it's
1: located at all? I'm I've been trying to see. I think it's on the no, I think all of them are on the north lower bowl. Yep. But
0: north I don't lower know what yard line we're working with. Yep. TV TV side is what uh what was said to me by Sun Dodger Creative. They emailed Perfect. me back and said said, Congrats, your cutout was approved somehow. Um I, I will post the the photo uh, that we, that we put up of Nicole, uh, heavily photoshops to, uh, get him in there. And, and, uh, it's, it's really spectacular.
1: And he was in his Western Kentucky gear, right? And we, you photoshopped in just the, the purple, it's, it, I'll be honest, it, it's pretty obvious to me that it was photoshopped. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least I know it was photoshopped, but I don't think you would have gotten
0: that by anybody. No. But apparently we did. I, th- I think I think we have a friend in in Sun Dodger. Uh Sun Dodger has some really cool people in it, including Carter Henderson, who's always been a G. Um, I hope I would imagine basically someone saw this and said, I don't care, and just put the yeah. Colt in there. Uh yep. <laughs> and uh who knows? We might have been able to just go go straight with it. We wouldn't have had to Photoshop around him in the first place. But uh we did and we accomplished our goal. So the Trojan horse is within Husky Stadium. Nice are you going to pick up the cutout for me at the end of the season though uh can you do you're allowed to do that yes oh definitely i
1: mean <laughs> okay. i'm a i'm a quick uh light rail or you know lift or even bike ride away from husky stadium so i will definitely do that
0: the thought of you biking home with a nick
1: holt cutout attached <laughs> <laughs> to your back oh that's my. actually quite a long bike ride to go from downtown Seattle up to UW and back. And I would have to use one of those like city bikes or whatever. Mm. So worth it. That would, yeah, that would be pretty. Yeah. I don't know about that, but you know, it would be worth it. So don't worry.
0: Yeah. I mean, what's, what's more normal that or sitting or sitting on the light rail with a Nick Holt cut out (laughs) (laughs) sitting sitting next to you. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So props to us. We accomplished our goals. We we got Jaden green uh, up and rolling as a, as a, Collegiate long snapper and we we got Nick Holt into the stadium. Uh, Lots has happened since then there's been two full games played Oregon State Arizona we'll talk about them both. Uh, We have an opponent uh, for this week, which is huge news we were uh, in jeopardy of not having that for a while and then it was supposed to be someone else and now it's it's that. Uh, My question to you, what are you going to miss most about uh, post Apple Cup dickhead Jimmy Lake comments because those those are my favorite thing.
1: Well, it wasn't going to be the same this year because we weren't going to. We probably weren't going to have any firepower from comments that Mike Leach made. Mm-hmm. Although he did, he, he did. We should mention uh, he did bring up incorrectly the Apple Cup in his Mississippi State press conference earlier this week, uh, oh. before they they uh, be, they play in the Egg Bowl against Ole Miss this weekend. So I thought that was pretty funny. But um, I feel like Rolovich is capable of having some one liners that. That could stick and uh, be used against them in the future. So, uh, we might not be—we um, might still be in luck in in the in that case uh, moving forward. However long Rolovich is in that position,
0: yeah, Rolovich has uh, been on fire in terms of uh, from a podium standpoint, uh, or just you know recorded phone conversation standpoint over the last the last several months or so. So, who knows what we would have got there. Uh, after Wazoo was canceled, the next game that appeared um, imminent was, of course, against another Cougar team, the, the BYU Cougars. Uh, that didn't happen because, you know, uh, they didn't want that smoke. And that meant that we didn't get to play my favorite game, the BYU name game. And, and that, that's a travesty. Um, but that doesn't mean that I didn't prepare for it. And if, if you're ready for it, we can do a quick round right now. Sure. I've actually just have
1: uh, surfaced from some uh, name review of the Utah Utes roster and they have a wide receiver with the first name of Money. So um, just want to point that out that that would be something, you know, if we were doing this for
0: Utah, he would definitely be included. They also have a receiver named Solomon Enos. Enos. E-N-I-S, uh, but okay, be Not to be D- confused with Michael Penix
1: Jr. of
0: Indiana, right? Nope, or another name okay. that will come up in, in a few short minutes here. Uh Perfect. The BYU name game. So the rules are I give you a set of BYU uh, roster names and one of these is not actually a BYU player. This is just from the freshman class. We played this last year revealing both Gunner and Baylor Romney uh, yeah. were, were players. I was about
1: to say, how many Romneys are going to be in this?
0: <laughs> yeah, no Romneys in this, in this batch. Um, no, no believers in trickle-down down economics. But uh, <laughs> there are five exquisite names here in this bunch. It is up to you to decide which one is not real. Uh, number one, Ben Bywater. Number two, Bentley Hanshaw. And again, these are just from the freshman class at BYU. This is an elite core of names. Bentley Can you Hanshaw. repeat that second? Bentley Hanshaw. Okay. Bentley Hanshaw. Number three, Jackson McChesney. Okay. Number four, Caden Hawes. And number five, Joe Nelson. And one of these is not real. They're all real. <laughs> <laughs> They're all real. But I did want to point out Joe Nelson, who is from Issaquah, Washington. Went to really? Your, went to your alumna, or your alma mater, uh, Issaquah High School. Nice. And I wanted to point him out because on Joe Nelson's, I, I found his page because, you know, I saw Issaquah. And I was like, okay, we've well, got to check this out. Mm-hmm. Keep, keep in mind, BYU, hi, heavily connected with, of course, the Mormon faith. Um I'm just going to say this, no jokes told. This is on Joe Nelson's uh getting to know you BYU page. Uh his favorite uh, the question was asked to Joe Nelson, what is the best advice you've ever received? Joe Nelson says, my dad asked me, how could this is in, in reference to dating. How can you know your favorite flavor of ice cream if you haven't tried all 31 flavors? No joke to be said. I'm just I'm just yeah, I've given you all the facts. You can all work with that uh as as you will. Very wise words from from Mr. Joe. Nelson.
1: Whoa, Joe was it? Mr. Mr. Nelson. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I'm just and now I'm just thinking about Phil Nelson, which was that like random Utah basketball player we had
0: yep. f- like
1: fifteen years
0: ago. In the Quincy Pondexter class that was supposed to light the world on fire. Phil Oliver in that class as well. Adrian um, Oliver. Oh yeah, another. We, fill.
1: There's just all all this like just pointless garbage. information.
0: Yeah. absolute garbage. Yeah. Um, how about we start talking about this Husky football team? Perfect. Which, uh, yeah. I am. I am. Got to be honest. Quite stoked on after this Arizona game. Uh, yeah. This, this. Uh, I also have to to take, not quite an L because you know you just it just doesn't look the same in in a Twitter graphic as it does in person. Uh, the black uniforms look pretty cool.
1: Yeah, there was there was less uh, gradient white than I anticipated. So mm-hmm. I will agree. I still don't like them, but they were better than I than I expected.
0: Yeah, so I'll say that. It's it's a necessary evil. It's pretty much impossible unless you're Penn State or Alabama, and you know it's not like Penn State's really thriving right now, uh, despite any uniform um, yeah gumption that they have. Uh, but the black uniforms look pretty cool. And uh, let's start with first down. This guy looked pretty cool as well through two games, Dylan Morris, because, you know, we talk about quarterbacks on first down in this in this sure. podcast. What are your initial thoughts on Dylan Morris through through two games, given that we didn't even know he was the guy last time we spoke or even like an hour before the Oregon State game?
1: Yeah, I think we first need to apologize because we did not really give Dylan Morris a chance to have this starting, <laughs> starting job. We nope. were all in on Kevin Thompson. And I think I'm mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but at least for myself, it was Jacob Sermon at number two. Uh, and it was Morris at number three for me. So I was shocked, um, that he started, uh, again, like you said, we didn't know until basically the first snap they didn't even, they listed all four uh, quarterbacks on the jumbotron when they, when they listed the starting lineup against Oregon state, just to give you an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, w- I was frankly shocked. I then saw that Kevin Thompson was in street clothes. Uh, so I was like, oh, maybe it's an injury, but we we saw last week that Thompson suited up if I'm not mistaken, and obviously didn't play. So this was no you know injury situation. This is no fluke. Dylan Morris is a starter. Um, and it looks like he will be for the remainder of the season barring any you know injuries or or complete downturn in play. Um, and frankly, Uh, This is his job. I mean, this is his job to lose for the next four years. I'm so I'm shocked, but I'm also thrilled in how he's played so far Mm -hmm. Um, for a redshirt freshman to come in, uh, have no reps at all at this level and play through two conference games. We're not playing, you know, some non-conference or FCS team, whatever, Uh, two conference games where he hasn't turned the ball over He's only conceded one sack, which was him running out of bounds, to losing two yards. He wasn't even tackled um, to be at this point and have those results so far. I think that alone is fantastic. And then you kind of work, then, you, then you should mention the fact that, you know he wasn't amazing by any stretch in the passing game, but he was able to make some, make some throws. He did miss some throws too, but um, again, he took care of the football, uh, was really effective on third down. Uh, he loves Kate Otten, apparently, based on what we saw this past week against Arizona. So do um, we. Yep, definitely. Um, you know, the, the term game manager screams at me right now because that's, that's basically what he's been so far. And it's been fantastic. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I couldn't ask for anything more at this point, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, mis- mistake-free, I think if if I were to invent a college quarterback and like what are the bare necessities of what I want, I want mobility. We talked about this uh, after the national championship last year um, yep. and b- after watching a season of Jacob Eason of just like you have to be able to move. You Sometimes you're in third and six and everyone's covered and can you just scramble and pick it up? And we've seen that a couple times with Morris. Uh, and then you have to have – uh, a live arm and be able to take shots downfield. And that has not been Morris's problem, taking the shots. It's now just calibrating correctly. He He's uh captain overthrow on a couple missed deep balls, but the, uh, the arm strength is there. He's got plenty of zip. And I think it's clear that he has an important quarterback thing in college. He is well liked by his teammates and seems absolutely hateable by opponents, uh, <laughs> which is, which is, I think a key thing. If you are going to be a successful college quarterback, he has uh, as I wrote it, McSorlish vibes to him. He wears number nine. He did the home run bat celebration after the first touchdown pass to Pukunikua. Um He kind of plays like him in a little bit. Like he's, he's, he's got moxie. He's feisty. Uh, I think that everything I wanted out of Kevin Thompson uh, is there in Dylan Morris, and it's in a much younger package that um, comes with being established on that team and really well-liked by everyone on that sideline.
1: And, and you have to like the fact that this is a guy that we recruited out of high school. You know, he came in, he redshirted, he's done everything that that the coaches have asked him to do. Um, no knock on Kevin Thompson. I think Kevin Thompson is a great story. The fact that he's from Auburn Riverside, uh, didn't get an offer from UW at high school, went to Sacramento state, uh, had a great season last year and then uh, was able to transfer home. That's awesome. But at the same time, I think it's, there's something to be said about, giving not giving the job but awarding the job to someone who has come in and done everything that it's been asked of him um and he's you know it he hasn't it's not like he's waited 3 years and this is a senior year kind of um send off tour but he has waited a season uh for this moment and he's finally getting it and he's not throwing it away so um i like I said, I'm, I'm thrilled, and I'm really excited to see what he can do as we progress through this year and play some better opponents. Um, no knock on Arizona, Oregon State. I think Ir- or Oregon State's actually a, a, like a decent team, or yeah. at least average, I think. Um, Jebia probably can be a little bit better. But, um, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to see some better opponents starting this week against Utah. Obviously, Oregon's still on the calendar. Um, really interested to see how he plays in games like that where the stakes are a little bit higher.
0: Yeah, I, I think everything you said is, is dead on. I've, I've been very impressed. Uh, he's been good at sneaking the ball, which is an important thing in college. I mean, a fourth and short, can you pick it up automatically? Uh, and if not for way too many drops by his receivers, his stats would be even better uh, than they are right now. So once he kind of can fig- figure the deep ball out um, and, you know, the receivers get some more consistency, I think, I think we really have something here, which is uh, a fantastic first start to the Jimmy Lake era uh let's let's move on to uh dylan morris's offensive coordinator a guy who um was very mysterious john donovan what does his offense look like um you know is uh what's what's his deal and uh i just have to say thank god we didn't record after oregon state because i would have said a lot different things about john donovan that i'm going to say yeah uh, now in this segment
1: yeah i mean frankly it's too early to tell we're only two games into the john donovan era um he hasn't also played a great defense, so that's another reason why it's too early to tell. Um, that said, I do like the fact that we're unpredictable in the sense that you know they they stress this term multiple. Um, they want to be able to kind of do anything that the defense gives them, and so far we've done that um, to an extent. Uh, we've been we've been run heavy, uh, even though it seems like we were a little bit more uh pass not i mean what not i don't want to say pass heavy but it seems like we pass the ball a bit more in against arizona mm-hmm. we actually the breakdown was pretty similar uh 51 runs 24 passes against oregon state 45 runs 26 passes against arizona so only two more passing plays um in the arizona game than osu uh that said i like i, I like the fact that we can kind of cater to who we're playing against and um I'm really looking forward to a game where, I mean, maybe we won't see this, but based on what they've told us, I'm looking forward to a game where it, the defense that we're going up against tells us that we should throw the ball a lot because then we get to see what Dylan Morris can really do too, as well as John Donovan from a play calling standpoint. Um, it's also interesting to see us line up in so many different sets. You'll have, you know, five wide empty set, and then you'll have like Stanford jumbo elephant package, you know, So, on the next play, it's just completely all over the place. And it's got to be really, it's got to keep defenses completely off balance in that set. So, in that sense, so um, I've liked it. But again, it's way too early to really have a good read on who this guy is and what he can really do here.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I think the idea of of what you're talking about there, if there's been two different game plans through two weeks, and it's basically, you know, looking at an opponent and saying, what can we, what, what style can work for us here? And against Oregon State and Arizona, it's both been the case where this is a team we can gash for seven yards of carry and and absolutely destroy them and then when it's time to pass we feel confident that we can do that too um we got to look work on john donovan's fit a little bit uh the 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 outfit he had going on 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 saturday it's kind of i mean imagine the coaches just kind of get this like catalog of adidas shit and and uh He's like, I'll pick that one. They're like, you, you sure? That's that's the weirdest thing we have. Uh, and he he picked that one. He looked kind of looked like he was in Tron the movie, um, with the like black outfit with the like gold stripes going down through it. All um, right, I, I frankly did not see him, so um, that's interesting to note. They've got that hat hat plus like uh, gator mask thing going on, so it's kind of hard to tell who it is, who they're even showing on the sidelines yeah. sometimes. Um, we've got to work on his fit, but I, I think that there's just been a lot to like, I know you were a huge stable of backs fan and we yep. absolutely established that with Kamari Pleasant, Sean McGrew, Richard Newton, um, Cameron Davis also just getting some run as kind of the, the passing down guy, but that's also McGrew. And, um, I think that's smart, right? You have four good tailbacks that are, you know, at, can all play at a PAC 12 level get them all involved and make the defense have to worry about what each one can do uh, in their game planning. Um, They take shots downfield. Haven't really connected on one of those as of yet. Uh, You know, using Kate Otten well, I think is a very, very smart thing. Um, I think the only Thing that's unfortunate, you kind of alluded to it too, that we'll get this test this weekend in a much better defense with Utah than than with the first two teams we played. But I would have liked to see how he would have approached Cal, who is a you know an an, an elite defense. Although Oregon State did just beat them, um, but that would have been an interesting setup to to go up against them. Um, but I I think through through two games, this is about what we would have liked to to see. A little more play action would be nice, of course, but. Um, so far, so good with, with Johnny Don
1: yeah I, I, I was my second point was going to be about that stable backs that you mentioned. Um, it's been awesome frankly i mean this is this is me too, like you said I, I just love a robust running at rushing attack <laughs> um, there's There's just nothing like just breaking the opponent's will when they know you're going to run it and you continue to run it and they can't stop it there's There's nothing better in football than that in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But having said that, just to give some numbers to back up this stable of backs claim, uh, snap counts, Kamari Pleasant, 46 so far, Newton, 41, McGrew, 38, Cam Davis, 25. So there's a little bit of a drop-off with Davis there, but the top three backs are getting right around the same type of playing time. Um, The carries kind of break down in a similar fashion as well, between 18 and um, 23-ish, other than Cam Davis, who has 10 carries thus far so um keeps guys fresh uh they all kind of bring a different skill set to the table um so i i love this and again it kind of it kind of feeds into the keeping defenses off balanced which is what
0: we're obviously trying to do here so if you were to you know kamari pleasant leading that group in snap counts is obviously um not quite what we expected um no is one might be able to say it's um uh, a, a pleasant surprise uh, that, that, uh, that he's there, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, uh, Kamari Pleasant's been great. Uh, you know, Richard Dutton getting the, the 50-burger touchdown um, was great. Sean McGrew looked fantastic in the Oregon State game. Um, you know, the, just uh, I think something that's been interesting is how those, those freshman receivers have been used. Um, again, just kind of a, a calibration point. You know, Jalen McMillan getting open downfield often um, in one-on-one situations, just haven't been able to connect. Uh, Roma Dunze as well. There's there's a lot to like here, and it's not even working on at, at all cylinders by any means. Um, and that's that's the exciting part.
1: Just really quickly on that, uh, something to note is first of all, we saw a lot more of McMillan in the Arizona game than we did a Dunze. The opposite could be or what can be said about the first game of the season and then secondly we've seen austin osborne i think on five snaps so far this season but i don't believe we've seen marquis spiker at all so that's that's interesting to me because spiker did get some snaps last
0: year and i believe he's the highest rated recruit of anyone in that that room uh At least it might be McMillan,
1: but I think after if it's not if it's not Spiker, it's McMillan. But it's those two guys are kind of right up there and top fifty type guys.
0: Yeah, so it's it's uh, it is curious what's going on with Spiker there Um, and Osborne as well, who's who's no slouch himself in terms of recruiting. But clearly those two freshmen have have shot right past them on the depth chart for whatever reason. Um, all right, moving on to the other side of the ball, which, uh, for all intents and purposes probably deserve to be bullet number one, uh, the defense, which we'll just break down. First of all, Oregon state, um, Jamar Jefferson shredded the defense up a little bit. He tends to do that. Jamar Jefferson is very, very good. Um, they made Tristan Ge- Gebbia look atrocious, and I don't think he's atrocious. I think he's just really bad. So um, <laughs> they, they, have, they have taken a, a bad thing and making it much worse, which they also did to Grant or Grant Cannell for uh, most of that Arizona game. Uh, much better at stuffing the run. Uh, some quick numbers for you here about that Arizona game. The first 17 plays for Arizona, 40 yards. The next 12 plays they had, 6 yards meaning that the first 29 plays that Arizona ran achieved 34 yards of offense. Ooh. It was brutal. I mean, I was just watching that first half. It seemed like every single third down for, for Arizona was third and nine or third and 10 or, or worse. Um, and that is, if you can keep that, you are going to crush teams. And that's why the Huskies have had so much success getting to the quarterback this year, which is, um, Something that we were a little worried about heading into this year, without Joe Tryon and without Levi Onwuzurike, they have still been able to to get to QBs.
1: Yeah, but that's just crazy, by the way, that we lost arguably our top two defenders, and we were still were able to, you know, go out and and have a performance like this against Arizona. Um, speaking of, I it needs to be mentioned that. The fourth quarter is just a complete outlier here. Nope, we should just disregard it. that. I mean, that's the fourth quarter we gave up 265 yards. Before that, we had given up 66 yards for the first three quarters. God. Um, now, now a lot of second, third, fourth string players were playing in that fourth quarter, so that's that's the biggest reason why. Um, but I just want to point out that 66 six yards through the first three quarters. That's on pace for 88 yards allowed in the game that would have ranked seventh in the uh, single game lowest yards allowed in program history and would have been the least amount of yards allowed um, since 1991 when um, UW, I think, allowed 83 yards against Oregon State. And we obviously know what happened in 1991. yeah, this for the first three quarters of this game's this of this past game, this defense was playing at a crazy level. One point eight yards per play on average for Arizona. Um, it was it was just it was just bad. If you're an Arizona fan,
0: yeah, especially the, I mean the week before Arizona was able to move the ball very well against uh, against USC, and that was kind of uh, Grant Gannell's coming out party. And and I think he's he's much better than Jebbia um, from the two quarterbacks we've seen. Uh, was able to comp- complete some really nice throws downfield um, in that kind of uh, slosh fest third and fourth quarter there where he started to, to come on towards the end. Um, but yeah, they just completely shut him down. There was, there was, I wrote down in my notes, uh, gunnell face uh, very similar to, to Josh Allen face um, from the Josh Allen, the, the Buffalo Bills quarterback, his first couple of seasons in the league, just throwing crazy interceptions and then you'd to his face and he's just blank stare looking out there's <laughs> like no idea what's going on. Uh the huskies did that to, to gannell who otherwise looked very competent in, in um the last quarter against UW and against USC. It was he, he looked so dejected in in during that game. Yeah, no answers. No answers. Yeah. Um but who are the, the players that have really stood out to you so far in these these two games because there's been a lot of surprising performances I think from from uh from the Husky defense.
1: Yeah I mean Zion ztf is the first one that comes to mind i mean i think he's up to four sacks now two forced fumbles um i know he was named uh pack 12 defense alignment of the week but that might be two weeks in a row it if is if I remember <laughs> yep. it correctly yeah which is insane to think that you know this guy is he he wouldn't have even played or he wouldn't have even been starting if it wasn't for some of these injuries uh i think the it would have been lied to Latu starting in his mm-hmm. place instead and, um, and then obviously, Joe Tryon would have been a, even ahead of him in the pecking order if he had stayed. so the fact that this was in spring ball, which I know that wasn't a thing, but coming into spring ball, he would have been the third stringer, perhaps, and now he's our first stringer and playing at an all pack twelve level like now, now I want to know what all of the rest of our i mean I kind of we, we kind of saw what some some of our third stringers did, I guess in the fourth quarter, but yeah, wouldn't, um, wouldn't, that's been a, he's been a revelation, so there's that i mean. Uh, Ula has been all over the place. Oh, so good. <laughs> he
0: looks like the real deal. Yeah. Uh, super exciting. Um, you, you know, who he reminds me of, and, and he's not, he's not that big. Um, and, and this guy's considered small is Levante David for, from Nebraska. And now the bucks yep. just, just in yep. terms of, of speed around the ball, uh, kind of pressure mentality, good ball skills, not great ball skills. He dropped a pick, but, um, just a, and this is a poor man's Levante David Levante David was amazing in Nebraska but yeah. uh, just in terms of, of that level of, of linebacker who pops out when you watch uh, Ulafosio has been awesome picked up right where we left off last year
1: yeah that, that Levante David is a great call he was when we played at Nebraska I think in like 2013 I just remember hearing on the <laughs> PA like Levante yeah. David with the stop yeah or the with the
0: black shirt stop. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Great comparison. Um, yeah. So the the Huskies last season, we, I think I had this exact same stat in one of our preview pods, but they were 54th in the nation last year in, in sack rate with a 6.7% of the time they're bringing the quarterback down uh, on passing downs. So think, you know, third and five or, or, or longer basically any time where it's pretty obvious that the, that the offense should pass um, we've covered this in the past 82nd in the country in sack rate. So it got worse in passing situations Right now, and this is through two games, right? Sample size is, is what it is, but they are number two in the nation in both standard down sack rate or total sack rate and also passing down sack rate at clips wow. that would have ranked first in the nation uh, in both of those categories uh, if it were last year. Like Ohio State was getting to the quarterback at like 13% last year, and, and right now the Huskies uh, are, are at 14%. So this is nice. I, it's I don't know if it's going to last, but – um, if you can create pressure with this Husky secondary, you are going to lead to a lot of bad throws um, and a lot of interceptions, a lot of, um, you know, just opportunities for the real strength of this defense, the secondary to get involved.
1: Yeah. I was just about to say, we, we're only talking about the front seven. We haven't even spoken about the secondary, which is, which is the strength of the of the entire team. Yeah. And you know, you're probably going to get at least three of those guys on all pack 12 teams by the end of the season. So, um, yeah, if if our front seven can continue to produce, we, we have a named Ryan Bowman. That's another standout so far, to mm-hmm. no surprise. But um, if we can get the front seven to continue to produce like they have um, in at least the Arizona game and in spurts during during the Beavers, um, then this this could be a scary good defense. And you know, as as we've seen, defenses can carry you a long ways, especially when you're trying to blood in a new quarterback Um, in you know a new kind of set of running backs etc so um, that's a huge advantage for this team and this offense to kind of give them a little bit more breathing room because the offense will falter that's just the reality of the situation they're new and um, a lot of new faces and a new offense as we just spoke about so yeah this is really exciting to see the defense playing so well so early
0: I said it earlier that, uh, thank God we didn't pot after Oregon state. Cause I would have, I would have, um, you know, just destroyed John Donovan's name is his good name, um, for, for yeah, not, no reason, but I was, I was very worried that we were Wisconsin West after that game uh, as I texted you as much. But I also, uh, thank God we didn't pot after Oregon state. Cause I would have spent 15 minutes talking about the Trent McDuffie play, uh, where he run ran all the way across the field to stop a champ Fleming reverse. Uh, against Oregon state. It was one of the most, it was just one of those plays that's very, you know, it's not like getting in a sack or a, a, you know, a strip or a fumble or a touchdown or anything like that. It was very normal uh, because Trent McDuffie is incredibly fast and has great instincts and uh, is a really fun player and returns punts. So you see him at the ball a lot more than your average cornerback who, you know, might have the ball in his hands four times a year in a, in a good, good year shades of Buddha. In there yeah Yeah. buddha kind of always effed it up every time the ball got in his hands though um the drop i'm talking
1: about just being all over the place
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure he's 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 really really cool um and elijah Bolden is as advertised just is such a good tackler around the ball um you know if you run a screen to his side good luck like he's he's getting to that um That's it's and Asa Turner looks looks firmly entrenched as 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 the safety there, which is a good thing I think because he's earned that over the last season in a quarter or so. Um, Things things are just really fun on that defense. It's the type of defense where you know you go three and out, and it's like okay, well, this is this is fun too. We can watch watch the defense play.
1: Yeah, two two things to note on the defense really quick before we move on. But um, one, it's great that Molden can play as that nickel cover uh corner whereas someone like miles bryant was unable to do so he had to be shifted out of that role and into more of a safety role in his senior year so the fact that we can keep Molden in that role is great because that's where he's best and then secondly it should be noted that cam williams who uh, you know our listeners may remember st- was a starter as a true freshman last year at safety he did see some time in the second half, or maybe in the first half, in the Arizona again, but he did see some time. But he has barely played. It's been Alex Cook, who was a wide receiver for the first two or three years of his time at UW, um, and he has immediately, you know, he's flipped over to safety and has immediately been inserted into the starting lineup, which I found in, I find interesting. Uh, frankly, I that just tells me that he's playing really damn good because he's mm-hmm. able to break into that secondary and start. Um, so that's something else to keep in mind. I believe he's number five. So there keep an know. eye out for him.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, there was a lot of young guys on that secondary last year and, and um, you know, McDuffie was a little bit of a surprise being as, as good as he was and people expected a lot more out of Cam Williams and it hasn't really been him. It's been Asa Turner instead. And there's still a lot of guys that I think people can be excited about in, in the wake there. Cam uh, Williams still like solid though. I mean,
1: sure. he had many picks last year for us. I so I think he can still do a job in the secondary for sure.
0: Sealed the USC game uh, last year. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, a guy that could have a future, you know, in, in a couple of years, it could be his turn again, who knows? Sure. Um, Let's move on to the opponent. Uh, We kept, we kept this as opponent X when we were coming up with uh, our, our podcast outline earlier in the week, because it could have been BYU as talked about earlier, could have been Colorado uh, could have been Utah. uh, And uh, you like Jimmy Lake had four different depth charts ready to go. You were, you were just, uh, you know, process of elimination, ready to go, whoever it was. And, and uh, we ended up on Utah. Uh, what do you have for the Utes? First of all, actually, before you get into that, um, shouts out to our friend, uh, dear friend, Caleb Clearman, uh, who I know will will rejoice in that uh, after Kyle Whittingham blew the clock management situation in Husky Stadium two years ago, uh, the Pac-12 has made him return to the scene of his own crime two straight years after that. Um, that is Love that. that is just great. Which, by the way, right before this, I read that the reason why
1: this game is in – Ah, uh, Seattle, as opposed to Salt Lake City, is because um, it was decided too late in the week. and there apparently, this is news to me, um, it had to do with like TV crews and setup. And apparently there's there's more of that more availability here in the Northwest than down in Utah area. So it made more sense for them to host it here in Seattle. And because obviously fans aren't a factor, it didn't really make a huge difference. So um, sure. That was interesting. Didn't know that. So that's why we we were talking briefly, I think, the other day about, you know, why is this again in Seattle? So there's a reason why. Um, As for the opponent, Utah, uh, first thing I'll mention is Jake Bentley, their quarterback. He's a graduate transfer from from South Carolina. Um, I guess the best way that I wish I had more, but it's just like eh, he's he was a quarterback at South Carolina. So it's kind of just eh. He wasn't, uh, he it wasn't that, that good. way so far. Yeah. He, he lost, I think he got hurt, but then he eventually lost his starting job last year ended up transferring out.
0: Yeah. He lost his job to, uh, to Tyler Holinsky, who um, is, is not that good either at South Carolina. Um, yeah. Bentley uh, is, was not great against USC filling in for, for the youth starter there. Um, and I love how college football has just become like quarterbacks in college football have just been like, people from high school they just show up in your life you're like oh cool you work here or like <laughs> what's up uh and yeah. jake bentley going from south carolina to salt lake city is just another example of the uh should we call it the, the jake heaps uh roulette wheel of just like you you know you start at yep. provo and you end up at south beach shit
1: happens Brown in there too you know <laughs> yeah take your pick yep so so yeah, jake, jake, jake bentley sucks ben- jake <laughs> bentley sucks <laughs> <laughs> Jake Henley. Um yeah. What else do we have? Uh, this is we. Britton Covey is still on this roster. No way. Yeah, he Shut is the a hell starting. <laughs> he is a starting wide receiver. Oh my um, god. This is the guy who I thought lost his life uh, at the hands of Byron Murphy a couple of years ago mm-hmm. um, in Salt Lake City, but he is back. Um, I, I'm on his player bio right now because you know that's just the sick people that we are, and. Um, yeah, he started at Utah in 2015. He was a first-team freshman All-American by Sporting News. And then he took his two-year uh, mission and then came back in 2018 and was a first-team All-Pac 12 player. Um, and then last year he redshirted. I, I frankly don't know why. I think it might have been uh, lingering injuries. But um, he is back, and he is played. He's um, – yeah, it, so that's something to note. Um, they they lost Zach Moss, their running back. Uh, it looked like you wanted to say something about Britton Covey.
0: No, he's he's just a, a
1: roach. He just you just cannot <laughs> destroy him. <laughs> Nucle- who, who else comes to mind when like you think of someone that's just been out of school forever? Peyton Is there Pritchard. anybody that? that pop- well, that's Pritchard. no longer, though We
0: that's that's good yeah. for us. Peyton Pritchard, uh, Trey Tinkle. Basically, if yeah, I think if you're white and pr- pretty good, it, I, it feels like you stick around <laughs> longer. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, well, this one is actually legitimately a long time. Like, yes. <laughs> he graduated
1: from high school in 2014, and he's still playing in college. Yeah. So um, that's interesting. But they lost Zach Moss, who was, uh, was their running back. I frankly couldn't tell you who their starting running back is, so my bad. Yeah. Um, the defense uh, is only returning two starters, uh, Mika Tafua and Devin Lloyd. Fun fact about Mika Tafua, he did his mission in Tacoma, Washington.
0: Ah, yes. So the more you know. Um, beautiful Tacoma, Washington. There's got dudes um, doing their mission in like Zimbabwe and, you know, <laughs> and all, all across them. the world. And they send you to the Tacoma Dome uh, to, ha- to hang out. It's plenty, what, of good, plenty of good work to do in Tacoma. Don't get me wrong, but that is, that is unfortunate. Isn't there like this, like kind of a, isn't there a saying that joke,
1: jokingly, there's a saying about Tacoma, like, you'll love it here or something like that. Um, but I I oh, hope he, man. I hope he enjoyed his time in, uh, in the deuce nickel
0: tray. God, I, I lived in a, my first year out of college, I lived in a place called Fall River, Massachusetts and their slogan, I'm forgetting it now, but it was so lame. Um, and I will find it. And, and report back to you, but by Look all means, to it. yeah, continue to, to espouse on, on the Utes.
1: Yeah, so, so only returning two starters on defense, um, but as we know, Utah has always been a good defensive team under Kyle Whittingham, and I expect them to be at least decent, um, similar to how we've kind of restocked our defenders as we've lost multiple players over the years, so um, yeah, don't don't overlook their defense. Uh, They lost 33-17 last week to USC. Um, This was their first game of the year. They had games against Arizona and UCLA canceled, so they're only playing in their second game, which is crazy because it is November 25th as we record this. So um, that's all I have for Utah.
0: Fall River, Massachusetts, the slogan is, we'll try. (laughs) That reminds me of the
1: slogan the Mariners had like five to seven years ago. It was just good. <laughs> yeah. That was the craziest marketing slogan I've ever seen. I was like, is this real? True to the blue, uh, man. True to the blue. Yeah, we'll see, try. That one actually like had some thought put into it, but yeah. good. Yeah. Mariners baseball, good. Like uh, first of all, that's not, that's not true. otherwise we're paying people to come up with these things. Like let's do a little bit better.
0: Yeah. Taxpayer money goes to, to this <laughs> Mariners marketing department. Um, yeah. Uh, the U- Utah, no, no um, Tyler Huntley. Um, the, the yeah. object of my affection for her for so many years. Uh, no Zach Moss. As you said, Jalen Dixon, Demari Simpkins were kind of their two vertical guys that they like to go to a lot. Both of them are gone as well. Six defensive draft picks off of last year's team. So Jalen Johnson, um, uh, sh- The guy, yeah, uh, Jaden Samuel, Samuel, Bradley and I, yeah, I mean, this this team was loaded last year on defense, and most of those guys are gone, including, this is the name I was talking about, Utah had a defensive lineman whose name was John, and I'll spell his last name, P-E-N-I-S-I. How did we, yeah, but, you know. How did we overlook it? (laughs) How did we leave that alone? (laughs) i'm so disappointed we talked about this i mean he was he he graduated last year he was on this we've been doing this pod for like this is season seems like six we're doing this Mm -hmm. we totally missed this
1: i i i want to say that that's because we are older and a little bit more mature hell no i would love to just leave it at that for
0: our sake but i'm disappointed panisi yeah, I've I not heard that one before. The the talent level of, of Utah dra- or jo- dropped drastically um, from, from where they were last year on a really, really good team, uh, although they got blasted by by Oregon there in the Pac-12 championship. But um, yeah, this is not the same Utah team that we've all grown very accustomed to. Uh, I'm sure they'll be right back where they were uh, in just a couple years as the, the Utah machine kind of loads up again. Um, but this is this is not quite the the juggernaut that that uh, we had to deal with in the in years but, past.
1: But maybe the second toughest game we have on our schedule this season.
0: Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yep, that's the crazy part about it. Yep, Football Outsiders has this team as the forty fifth. This is just through one one game against USC, but forty fifth best offensive team in the country and fiftieth best defensive team. So um, not an elite team by any stretch through through their performance against usc and the talent they have on the roster but a better test i think than, than arizona or mm-hmm. oregon state any lasting thoughts on the utes nothing for me okay well we we debuted this this segment last time this is uh just a, a quick top two you know every podcast in the world does their their draft or their mount rushmore and um we're gonna basically steal that as well but but keep it very very focused not five not three nope two 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 there's yeah. two of us and we pick two things we, we like we to keep it very simple for our, our our dumb brains here um this one it's it's inspired by tyler huntley who was the the quarterback at utah for seemingly the last decade um these are pac 12 quarterbacks who you didn't hate even though they played on teams uh that probably beat your team um so you know oh yeah by all by all means you should hate them but they just had something about them that you that you enjoyed. Uh who do you got? I, I, I think I know one of yours. And it's what, okay. It's whether it's whether you're publicly willing to admit that it was an Oregon quarterback. Oh no, that's not on here. Not who him. who okay. did you think? Who I knew you, think? you I knew you really uh had you really fancied Deron Thomas. Oh, hell no. Really? I don't know. I don't know where you're getting that from. Huh. No. Okay.
1: The only thing I think of of Thomas is him pick his, picking his nose on the sideline in the national title game. <laughs>
0: See, I don't remember that. But <laughs> your your organ organ hate brain. Uh, no,
1: there is no Oregon quarterback on this short list of two. Deal. Um, in fact, uh, we have a a showing from a Colorado quarterback, which you okay. probably would not have expected. Um, but I will start with with the other quarterback i have which is andrew luck of stanford Mm, Um, see i hated luck see i i just don't i just couldn't come to dislike that guy um i think he's completely innocent to me Mm. he's really quirky he's nerdy um and he was really good in college um and so he led stanford he was the peak of the era. i don't think the Shaw era will ever be at that peak again. Mm-hmm. Um, plus going back to like a robust running at rushing attack that I know that's, he's a quarterback. So you're thinking about him throwing the ball, but um, he, he led uh, some offenses that were just, I really enjoyed watching. So
0: um, he was, he was one
1: of the two on my list.
0: I think uh, I think I hate luck because the Huskies only played him like twice, I think. in um, the, First time, I think it was the game after we had gone to USC and beat them on on the the Eric Folk 2.0 um, game winner there, and we went to Stanford the next game. I th- believe the opening kick was returned by Chris Owusu for a touchdown, uh, and then and then Andrew Luck on like in a classic Andrew Luck like only throws twenty passes but absolutely shreds you game and it was like averaging eight yards a pop because it just you know you could scramble too. He was just impossible um at at that at that program's peak there and that's that's why i don't know he he, there was just something too perfect about him and it was annoying um oh sure i mean don't
1: get me wrong it was annoying losing to him yeah i mean but at the same time i just appreciated his um his commitment to his craft so to Mm. speak
0: yes so committed Uh, I had Brett Hundley here. Um, I, oh, okay, I thought Brett, about him too. Brett Hundley was severely flawed. Obviously, has not panned out. Um, but in you know accuracy, turns out it kind of matters. But uh, he was kind of that dude for a little bit at UCLA. He was he was huge. Um, had a great arm. Had kind of that that Jim Mora uh, thing going where. It was like he and Jim Moore were kind of I- intertwined. Of like very hyped, it seemed like they were ready to take take the next leap and be a ten win program, and just couldn't really get there because they both had you know severe limitations there. But uh, Brett Hundley, there was a couple UW games that were exciting. There was the Demoree Stringfellow game um, where he kind of emerged in the scene, uh, and you know, Hundley was just too much. Hundley was was um, a really really good good college quarterback there for a little bit. Uh, and I think, I don't know, I, those UCLA uniforms are just so pretty that when that team is rolling, it's, it's always good. Yeah, I, I
1: think in a normal situation, I would have enjoyed Brett Hundley as well. But at the time I was living, my roommate, one of my roommates mm-hmm. in college uh, for three years, uh, he was a UCLA fan, continues to be. Um, well, actually, he maybe not. But, um, he, he was a UCLA fan. So I grew a very strong hatred towards UCLA during those three to four years. Um, and Brett Hundley fell in those three to four years. So that's yeah. why I'm just not a huge Hundley fan. Uh,
0: so who's, who's your second guy and why, okay. is it, why is it Steven Montez? <laughs> it's not Montez. Um,
1: this one was, this one's strange. I mean, it is is 12 QBs. You weirdly loved. Mm-hmm. So, um, I really enjoyed cepho Lufau, hey, simply be the local- Prep product. Exactly, simply because he was a local guy, and he also uh, was the starting quarterback when he took Colorado to their first bowl berth in nine seasons. He also took them to the. He won the South his senior year. Obviously, played UW. This is twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, played UW in the conference championship game. Uh, ended up going to the Alamo Bowl. Um, they played oklahoma state but um sounds right colorado hasn't made a bowl since so sefo lufow is the basically the pipeline to bowl games for colorado hmm. so yeah yeah
0: sefo from all accounts from people i know who know him uh, a great dude so it's uh, i'm sure it helps, helps your cause uh this is uh this is controversial i didn't hate gardner minchu i okay. think i think he was he was uh enigmatic uh to say the least and i think ultimately raised the pro he was kind of like the mascot of pac-12 after dark um like just when people probably close their eyes and think about pac-12 after dark nationally uh that's that's who would come up just because he was kind of tearing it up in in that scene under under cover of darkness and good for the brand no nobody watching um ultimately a good thing probably the most the most competitive apple cup we've had I wasn't even that competitive, but was was Gardner one? But I think that was the quarterback who uh, of the of the leash, you know, conglomerate of quarterbacks who are all just phony stat producing uh, frauds. uh, Gardner was was the best, and that's 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 borne out mostly in in his NFL career so far.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't I didn't dislike Gardner Minshew either. It was great for WSU. I mean, that was their best season of all time from a win standpoint. Yeah. So. Great There's bowl game! Right it's Iowa, Iowa State. That was a really really fun bowl game too. <laughs> um, they had a forfeit in there too. I think that, or it was a postponement or a cancellation. of The Apple Cup. There was a lot of snow.
0: Yes. Um, yep. So similar similar this year, um, where it's just you know was, uh, conditions yeah. just didn't didn't support a, a game happening. So yep. Too bad. Too bad that we've lost two in the last five years. To uh, we will. To the elements. we will continue that
1: that joke for decades. I think. Nope. Uh, yep. Uh, I have an honorable mention. Sure. And it's. Simply because it's just kind of like stupid. But uh Matt Castle, he had wow. thirty three he had thirty-three total passes in college, yet he still was drafted in the it seventh round. Made a Pro Bowl. Yeah, it's incredible. He backed up Carson Palmer and then Matt Leiner. And by the way, can we take a moment to send some prayers, Matt Leinart's way. He's struggling this week.
0: Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Matt <laughs> Leinart. Uh, if you're listening, please give us your Venmo. We'd love to, uh, to support you in your, your efforts to have to buy groceries this week and, and make yeah. your own food. Can't, can't dine, dine in, in, uh, in SoCal. So yeah, it's God. really a, uh, it's a tough time for him. And I really, he's, I, he's
1: expressed it publicly.
0: I really hope he finds a place in America where COVID does not affect his life. Um, that's, that's where maybe North Dakota, try it. You know, that'd be, that'd be yep. a good, a good fit. Um, I think there's also not,
1: New Zealand at the end of the day. Sure. You
0: yeah. Yep. You can dine in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. They've, they've earned that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Poor Matt Leonard. I, uh, I had, I had Manny Wilkins here as, as my honorable mention, um, Arizona state quarterback. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Beat, Whoa. beat the Huskies in a very, very frustrating game. Um, nothing special about him, but just in, just an absolute baller and played very, very hard. Was that game in Arizona? I mean, of course. If yes. they beat us and it yeah. was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That was like a 16, 13 game. Um, perfect. That was uh remember was Sa- awful. Savon Ahmed as a freshman took a reverse for a touchdown and then they had to call it back as a holding on Trey Adams. I it, I think I pushed actually, that memory out of my mind. That might have been the first game we ever podcasted about. Yeah, it was Arizona State. <laughs> I know that. Uh, and we and we lost, so it's got to be that. Um so yeah, Manny Wilkins, you hold a special place in this podcast heart because you you got us on the start we deserved. Um <laughs> Pro dog of the week before we get to everyone's favorite segment, OKG and great cat pro dog. I gave it to Savon Ahmed, uh, who okay. is, is now the starting running back in Miami, the second former Husky running back who's been the starting running back in Miami this season. Uh, Lewis Rankin will be given the job next week. Oh, and, uh, Bishop, awesome. Bishop Sankey the, the week after that. And then maybe Rashawn Sheehy, I think after that and <laughs> we'll, we'll see if who we have time for at the end of the season. Uh,
1: by the way, uh, I currently roster Miles Gaskin and Savan Ahmed on my fantasy team, which I never would have thought I, I would do that ever in fantasy football. Um, this is also I I've lost Joe Mixon, Saquon Barkley, etc. But um, that's been kind of fun to roll out Miles Gaskin for a lot of this season. It's like we told people you're a stable of backs guy, and we weren't yeah, kidding. Yeah, exactly. So I got I have both of them on my team. I'm also pretty bad. So um, there is that to be said. Um, my ex Husky of the week is Desmond Trufant. He had an inter- interception for the Lions this past weekend. Um, couldn't tell you who they played. I don't normally watch any football on Sundays. So, um, But it's his 14th career interception. He also had four tackles and two pass deflections. So that's a pretty solid day for, his, for a corner.
0: And now you got me all nostalgic of Desmond Trufant playing against Notre Dame um, and just trying his best as a freshman to uh to guard uh golden tate, who I think finished that game oh, with like yeah. nine for a buck eighty in that game. Um just absolutely ran around the Huskies in a game that they probably still should have won. Um, yeah, that was the one in South Bend. Yes. That was yeah. the, the Chris Polk on the goal line. They they didn't call it a touchdown. Uh um, oh, yeah. Brutal. Uh huh. Lots of those. That's it. That's its own top two. Some days, just brutal husky Mm -hmm. losses. I can think of Mm -hmm. like fifteen. Just in in, in, uh, one firing of the synapse there. Uh, all right. Great cat of the week. Great cat of the the, week. I think we have the same one. Maybe. Uh, Is it Matt Leonard? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's
1: not. Okay, who is it? Uh, this one's pretty obvious to me. It's Dabo Swinney. Oh
0: yeah. Well, I I I did not. Um, I stayed very owned in on Husky football here, but yes, by all means, rag on okay. Dabo.
1: Yeah. Uh, so as, as some of you may have heard, uh, Clemson at FSU got canceled this past weekend um, reportedly because Cause they're cowards. They're, <laughs> yeah. Cause they're ducking Clemson. Uh, no. Uh, Clemson had a lineman test positive uh, in the Friday test. Apparently Clemson takes their COVID testing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you don't know the test result until the morning after. So they took a test on Friday. They went down to Tallahassee. They were in Tallahassee Saturday morning, obviously, got the result that it was positive. Uh, they presented this information to the FSU uh, medical team, and uh, the FSU medical team was like, okay, well, we're not going to proceed with this game because you have a positive test, and we don't know, you know who else could have it because it, takes two to fourteen days to develop any symptoms or a positive test. A smart um, thing. Yeah. You know, kind of a conservative approach in this very unknown time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and basically Dabo is up in arms about this, um, has been very outspoken about how FSU canceled this game and it wasn't COVID related, even though it reportedly was. Um some clumps in media have come out and said that FSU was ducking trying to duck Clemson, uh, I would disagree with that, given the fact that FSU is trying to reschedule this game and Clemson is b- being very um, uncooperative in doing so. I think Dabo has said either they have to pay for all the expenses for Clemson to go down there or Florida State has to go up to, um, to uh South Clemson. Carolina to play yeah. them, yeah, Clemson, South Carolina. Uh, one thing to mention here: Do you think Florida State would just cancel a game the day of when they have all this infrastructure? And remember, they have fans that are attending these games too, yeah, in some capacity. Do you think they would just go and cancel that and just kind of burn all that? Um, well, I guess they owe Willie Taggart like thirteen million, so maybe they would. <laughs> but uh, but at the same time, it's like no, this is not florida state ducking this is them being smart and realizing that hey this guy rode on a plane with the entire team and was positive and showed symptoms during the week so we're gonna avoid this so i think it's pretty poor form on dabo swinney's part for being very outspokenly against this uh, given the situation we're all in currently um but you know football coaches are gonna football coach so
0: do you think he wrestled the uh uh coach who shittiest at handling COVID um, from a PR standpoint. Oh, the, the championship belt of that away from Dan Mullen. Yeah. Dan Mullen had a pretty rough few weeks there, but we're not
1: really even thinking about him now because Dabo's out here. yelling. Yeah. Yell at the sky about this
0: stuff so. uh Dabo, you strange little man this is the same man who said that america does not have a race problem it has a sin problem uh mm. or a racism a racism problem a sin problem so mm-hmm. um not the first time this uh this you know spring to fall uh to summer connection that he has been wildly off base with how he's managing um or talking about the the most important crisis in in the country yeah uh, in the world Yeah, so great on you, Dabo. You continue to disappoint in everything, but the the football stuff, which is you know becoming incredibly or increasingly not important as people start to look to you. And I hope you get your comeuppance for being a a total loser um, about this stuff. Mine were uh, UW based. First of all, go back to week one. Um, The spot, if if I say that the spot from the Oregon State game, the spot that was given to Oregon State, two spots. Oh my God. That was, that was, that was absolutely incredible. Uh, I couldn't tell you the exact game situation late in that game. uh, OSU down near the Husky goal line, given um, what seemed to be, they picked up the first down on third down. uh, They were told it was fourth down and then they picked it up again to basically everyone. And then, Husky ball and nope. <laughs> and then back from commercial break. And it's like, wait, we, we have the ball. It, this, this is not getting reviewed. Jonathan Smith is not losing his mind. If I was Jonathan Smith, I would have cold clocked the, the referee until they made the game stop and look at that play. There's also was, some, some butt but like
1: four twenty one by
0: the way, when that happened, it was and huge.
1: There was, um, there was 50. It was the beginning of the fourth quarter.
0: And there was some scuttlebutt that the Pac-12 like forgot to pack an extra camera that would have been able to, to pick this up as well. <laughs> of, of course, anytime oh, there's yeah, a course. terrible, terrible thing happening in the conference, it is obviously a self-inflicted wound. Um, so, yeah, that was ridiculous. I mean, obviously the Huskies lucked out there, but um, my God, just I felt so bad for, for Beaver fans because that just didn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. And then again, uh, or not again, but this one um, against the Huskies, Kicking a field goal on the Arizona two in the second drive, um, on fourth and two, you get down, it's first and goal at the one, uh, you get it to fourth and goal at the two, and then you decide to kick a field goal one drive after you called a fullback dive on fourth and one, um, or a, a, you know, a, a direct snap to the up back Jackson sermon, uh, from a much more precarious position, you're willing to do that, but you can't, uh, try and score a touchdown from the goal line. That is, uh, it's not going to work. Basically, I don't need the chart in front of me. I just know if it's fourth and short, you're past your own forty-five. You're going for it, basically every time. And there's no there's no need to overthink this sometimes, especially when you're down that 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 uh, that low. I mean, just you know, you pay to give the opponent that poor field position, and that's basically what you're doing in the worst case scenario there at the goal line.
1: Yeah, I think that that whole sequence was screwed up by the missed handoff too. I think yep. it was was it sermon or West maybe Over, Westover? Yeah. Um, yeah. They just, it was, it happened way too quick and Morris wasn't able to hand it off. He lost three yards and what was second and goal at the one became third and goal from the four. Um, but yeah, that's, I was at that point in time, that was the, our second drive of the game um, still in the first quarter. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, first down in the next podcast will be uh, red zone offense. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, God. we ripped off 37 unanswered there. Um, so that
0: wasn't our first down, but that I was pretty was disappointed. Shades of the Jake Browning speed option against Auburn uh, down at the goal line. Oh uh, gosh, a few years ago. <laughs> Why do you have to bring these? Uh, <laughs> I totally I, forgot about that. Again, it's our stupid brains. Yeah. Um uh, all right, okay. G of the week, let's let's pick up after thinking about Jake Browning yeah. speed option.
1: Uh mine is Kate Otten. Seven mm. catches, I think he had 100 yards flat, if I'm not mistaken.
0: The uh, most important K and stat being, of course, zero gloves. Zero gloves. Yeah, he's, he's the real deal.
1: Um, one touchdown as well. Uh, they got him a lot more vertical in the passing game than I've ever seen before, which was exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the classic tight end security blanket for Dylan Morris. Um, honorable mention here is the Huskies' offensive line. They've been pretty dang awesome so far. Um, Maybe the biggest offensive line from a sheer, just mass standpoint that we have seen in a long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They rock. Kate Otten rocks. Uh, That, that poster out that he had for the touchdown was, Oh, so pretty. Um, And to have a, to have a guy, who can just bust the seam open like that um, and have very sure hands is, uh, is really, really nice. And I, that's another thing about the John Donovan era. I mean, he didn't get the ball a whole lot against Oregon state, but um, getting probably your best offensive weapon, most reliable offensive weapon, Kate Auden, uh, seven touches in a game is, is a great idea. So keep doing that. My two. First of all, Joe Davis, the play-by-play call, uh, guy for Fox who was on the call on Saturday. Uh, at one point, Joe Davis was undefeated in his calls, uh, of Husky games. And he lost wow. that to Utah last year right, against Utah when he called that okay. game. Uh, but he is off the Schneid. Um, has continued his his uh, winning friend. ways, calling UW games. And then the last guy, uh, those snap counts that you that you talked about earlier, uh, those came from a guy by the name of Max Vrumen, um, who is uh, somebody at the UW Dog Pound, the, the UW Sports um, Sport SB Nation account. Um, he does the Lord's work by producing snap counts and charting plays. Uh, on his public tableau that he has made available for everyone to see. Uh, please stop listening to this. Uh, we are absolutely useless. Uh, follow him instead at UWDP underscore Max, V R O O M Max Vroom. He is uh, doing great stuff there and uh, will produce a lot of the things that we'll talk about on this podcast in terms of who's playing, who's playing well, um, and that's all due to the him doing the work, literally charting the game by watching it, uh, and, and mapping that all out himself. Um, we, yeah. We will file
1: him alongside Matthew loves ball on mm-hmm. YouTube who, who has provided us wonderful uh, highlight packages of not only Husky games, but many a game. So um, yeah, good, good on that guy uh, for having the tableau snaps available. Uh, I have one more that come, came to mind when he mentioned Joe Davis. I really enjoyed listening to listening to uh, Mark Helfrich on yeah. the, on the, on the commentary. Um, he obviously knew what he was talking about and it was pretty refreshing to listen to him.
0: Um, so yeah, I'll throw him in there too. He's a little quiet though. He's kind of, yeah, uh, he doesn't, ha- doesn't have his personality is not um, you know, it, it's, it's, you, you won't notice him if you're not listening for it, but he does, he does a great job and he's very analytical. Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's, he's welcome aboard. Uh, we'll we'll sure. hear him for probably the next decade until he gets another job. <laughs> uh, okay. This was great. We're back in the saddle. Um yep. You know, we, we got through several phallic jokes. Um, I think we're good. Yeah, and we actually get to see
1: a, another Husky game, which, you know, is not a f- for-sure thing every week. So that's awesome.
0: And earlier than we thought, that'll be 4.30 Pacific time, um, my last yes. Pacific time game that I will get to enjoy uh, this Saturday against Utah as always go dogs and we are going to leave you with the musical stylings of Mike leach forgetting what team he coaches for enjoy love it go dogs
1: all right thank you and uh, drink coke have an extra one because this is the apple cup so uh, two of them for or, uh, not the apple cup but uh, this is the egg bowl two Cokes for the egg bowl okay uh, and uh, the other thing all the apple cup people out there that don't get to
0: have an apple cup.
1: Come celebrate the Egg Bowl with us.